I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we'll be reading Leviticus chapters 8 through 10. We have a big day in tabernacle history coming up here in Leviticus chapter 8. And let's begin reading with verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments, and the anointing oil, and a bullock for the sin offering, and two rams, and a basket of unleavened bread, and gather thou all the congregation together into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and the assembly was gathered together into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses said unto the congregation, This is the thing which the Lord commanded to be done. Well, now here's what we see. The tabernacle is assembled, and now it's time for the ribbon-cutting ceremony. But this is no ordinary ribbon-cutting ceremony. I mean, we're talking about the opening of God's house for business among the Hebrews. God instructs Moses to assemble the whole congregation before the tabernacle, and the ceremony begins. By the way, there are some things that Moses is supposed to bring with him to this ceremony. Here's the itemized list. We see it in verse 2. He's supposed to bring Aaron, his sons, the priestly garments, those that were specified in Exodus chapter 28, the anointing oil that was prescribed in Exodus 30, verses 22 through 33, and it was made in Exodus chapter 37, verse 29. supposed to also bring a bullock, two rams, and a basket of unleavened bread. We've been anticipating this day since Exodus chapter 28. It was in that passage that Moses revealed that Aaron and his sons were to be the priest, and all of these specifications regarding the dress of the priesthood were specified at that point as well. The actual ceremony that we see here was specified in Exodus chapter 29. Beginning with verse 6 down through verse 36, we see that Aaron and his sons are ordained. Verse 6, And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. And he put upon him the coat, and girded him with the girdle, and clothed him with the robe, and put the ephod upon him. And he girded him with the curious girdle of the ephod, and bound it unto him therewith. And he put the breastplate upon him, also he put in the breastplate the Urim and the Thummim. And he put the mitre upon his head, also upon the mitre, even upon his forehead, did he put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded Moses." And Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them. And he sprinkled thereof upon the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all his vessels, both the laver and his foot, to sanctify them. And he poured the anointing oil upon Aaron's head and anointed him to sanctify him. And Moses brought Aaron's sons and put coats upon them and girded them with girdles and put bonnets upon them as the Lord commanded Moses. And he brought the bullock for the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the bullock for the sin offering. And he slew it. And Moses took the blood and put it upon the horns of the altar round about with his finger, and purified the altar, and poured the blood at the bottom of the altar, and sanctified it to make reconciliation upon it. And he took all the fat that was upon the inwards, and the call above the liver, and the two kidneys, and their fat, and Moses burned it upon the altar." 
But the bullock and his hide, his flesh and his dung, he burnt with fire without the camp, as the Lord commanded Moses. And he brought the ram for the burnt offering. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram, and he killed it. And Moses sprinkled the blood upon the altar round about. And he cut the ram into pieces, and Moses burnt the head and the pieces and the fat. And he washed the inwards and the legs in water. And Moses burnt the whole ram upon the altar. It was a burnt sacrifice for a sweet savor, and an offering made by fire unto the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. And he brought the other ram, the ram of consecration. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram, and he slew it. Moses took of the blood of it, and put it upon the tip of Aaron's right ear, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And he brought Aaron's sons, and Moses put the blood upon the tip of their right ear, and upon the thumbs of their right hands, and upon the great toes of their right feet. And Moses sprinkled the blood upon the altar round about. And he took the fat, and the rump, and all the fat that was upon the inwards, and the collar of the liver, and the two kidneys, and their fat, and the right shoulder. And out of the basket of unleavened bread that was before the Lord, he took one unleavened cake, and a cake of oiled bread, and one wafer, and put them on the fat and upon the right shoulder. And he put all upon Aaron's hands and upon his son's hands and waved them for a wave offering before the Lord. And Moses took them from off their hands and burnt them on the altar upon the burnt offering. They were consecrations for a sweet savor. It is an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And Moses took the bread and waved it for a wave offering before the Lord. For of the ram of consecration it was Moses' part, as the Lord commanded Moses. And Moses took of the anointing oil and of the blood which was upon the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon his sons' garments with him and sanctified Aaron and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. And Moses said unto Aaron and to his sons, Boil the flesh in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and there eat it with the bread that is in the basket of consecrations, as I commanded, saying, Aaron and his sons shall eat it. And that which remaineth of the flesh and of the bread shall ye burn with fire. And ye shall not go out of the door of the tabernacle of the congregation in seven days, until the days of your consecration be at an end. For seven days shall he consecrate you. As he hath done this day, so the Lord had commanded to do, to make an atonement for you. Therefore shall ye abide at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation day and night seven days, and keep the charge of the Lord, that ye die not. For so I am commanded. So Aaron and his sons did all things which the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. To kick things off here, they put that big old labor to use. That's used to get Aaron and his sons ceremonially washed up. Then they get dressed up for the priesthood. The initial preparation for the induction into the priesthood for each of them consists of three steps. We see those in verses 6 through 13. It consists of washing, clothing, and anointing. The next step consists of a series of three sacrifices on behalf of the priesthood, a bullock and two rams. The first sacrifice is the bullock, a sin offering. He's used to cleanse the altar and thus prevent polluted offerings. In verses 14 through 17 we see that. The second sacrifice is a ram, a burnt offering, in verses 18 to 21. And finally, another ram is sacrificed as a wave offering in verses 22 through 30. It's an eight-day process. Notice in each sacrificial instance here that Aaron and his sons put their hands upon the animals' heads as they are being sacrificed. 
Moses presides over the whole process. I find verses 23 and 24 interesting. Look at where the blood of the second ram is placed. On the priest's right ear, right thumb, and right big toe. The sacrifice is then boiled and eaten with unleavened bread. As mentioned earlier, the priest served barefooted. Incidentally, you'll notice the Urim and the Thummim in verse 8. The necessity for these two items to be with the high priest is found in Exodus chapter 28, verse 30, where it says, And thou shalt put in the breastplate of the judgment, the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord. And Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. We're not sure what these two items look like, and they are only mentioned six other times in the Old Testament. They obviously had much to do with knowing God's will. These items were placed into the breastplate of the high priest, beginning with Aaron. Those other mentions of the Urim and Thummim are found in Numbers chapter 27, verse 21, Deuteronomy 33, 8, 1 Samuel 28, 6, Ezra chapter 2, verse 63, and finally, Nehemiah chapter 7, verse 65. Upon the return to the land after the exile, we see in Ezra and Nehemiah that these two items were considered absolutely essential for the complete restoration of worship as it had been done originally under Aaron. This worship never resumed to this day. In addition, the Ark of the Covenant, the object that was located in the most holy place, or the otherwise known as the Holy of Holies, that was never restored back to the temple in Jerusalem following Israel's return to the land either. That being the case, though they returned to Jerusalem in 535 B.C., the fall of Jerusalem was consummated in 586 B.C., after they returned in 535 B.C., worship was never restored to its ironic style. We see in verse 33 that the same offerings were repeated daily for seven days while Aaron and his sons remained in the court of the tabernacle. In chapter 9 of Leviticus, Aaron makes his first offerings as high priest. Verse 1, And it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said unto Aaron, Take the young calf for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering without blemish, and offer them before the Lord. And unto the children of Israel thou shalt speak, saying, Take ye a kid of the goats for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both of the first year without blemish, for a burnt offering. Also a bullock and a ram for peace offerings, to sacrifice before the Lord, and a meat offering mingled with oil, for today the Lord will appear unto you. And they brought that which Moses commanded before the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded that you should do, and the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar, and offer thy sin offering and thy burnt offering, and make an atonement for thyself and for the people, and offer the offering of the people, and make an atonement for them, as the Lord commanded. Aaron therefore went unto the altar, and slew the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron brought the blood unto him, and he dipped his finger in the blood, and put it upon the horns of the altar, and poured out the blood at the bottom of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the call above the liver of the sin offering he burnt upon the altar, as the Lord commanded Moses. And the flesh and the hide he burnt with fire without the camp. And he slew the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood, which he sprinkled round about upon the altar. And they presented the burnt offerings unto him with the pieces thereof and the head, and he burnt them upon the altar. 
And he did wash the inwards and the legs, and burnt them upon the burnt offering on the altar. And he brought the people's offering, and took the goat, which was the sin offering for the people, and slew it, and offered it for sin as the first. And he brought the burnt offering, and offered it according to the manner. And he brought the meat offering, and took an handful thereof, and burned it upon the altar, beside the burnt sacrifice of the morning. He slew also the bullock and the ram for a sacrifice of peace offerings, which was for the people. And Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood, which he sprinkled upon the altar round about. And the fat of the bullock and of the ram, the rump, and that which covereth the inwards, and the kidneys, and the call above the liver. And they put the fat upon the breast, and he burnt the fat upon the altar. And the breast and the right shoulder Aaron waved for a wave offering before the Lord, as Moses commanded. And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them, and came down from offering of the sin offering, and the burnt offering, and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went in into the tabernacle of the congregation, and came out and blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came fire out from before the Lord, and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which, when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces." Aaron and his sons have been in seclusion inside the tabernacle for seven days now. That began back in chapter 8. They emerge upon day 8 for the big public event before all of Israel. This is Aaron's first sacrifice as high priest. It's a sin offering for himself. It's rather amusing that the first sacrifice of Aaron's career turns out to be a calf. Hey, uh, wasn't it a golden calf that Aaron claimed had jumped out of the fire when Moses was up on the mountain back in Exodus chapter 32? How ironic, don't you think? We see Aaron and his sons making the sacrifices in accordance with the instructions that have been given in, back in Leviticus chapters 1 through 7. Aaron first offers a sin offering and a burnt offering for himself in verses 8 through 14. Then Aaron offers a sin, a burnt, and a grain offering and a peace offering for the people in verses 15 through 18. That was symbolizing the atonement, dedication, sustenance, and communion. All of these were in compliance with the sacrifices specified in Leviticus chapters 1 through 7. At the conclusion of this day's sacrificing, the whole operation is validated by the Lord himself in verse 24. It says, And there came a fire out from before the Lord, and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. Life in Israel with the tabernacle has now begun. In Leviticus chapter 10, we have our first um, tabernacle death. Verse 1, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And they went out fire from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uzael, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said unto Aaron, and to Eleazar, and unto Ithamar his sons, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest ye die. And lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. 
and he shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you, and they did according to the word of Moses. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when you go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, and that ye may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean, and that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. And Moses spake unto Aaron, and unto Eleazar, and unto Ithamar his sons that were left, Take the meat offering that remaineth of the offerings of the Lord made by fire, and eat it without leaven beside the altar, for it is most holy. And he shall eat it in the holy place, because it is thy due, and thy son's due, of the sacrifices of the Lord made by fire, for so I am commanded. And the wave breast and the heave shoulder shall ye eat in a clean place, thou and thy sons and thy daughters with thee, for they be thy due, and thy son's due, which are given out of the sacrifices of peace offerings of the children of Israel." The heave shoulder and the wave breast shall they bring with the offerings made by fire of the fat, to wave it for a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be thine and thy sons with thee by a statute forever, as the Lord commanded. And Moses diligently sought the gold of the sin offering, and behold, it was burnt, and he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron, which were left alive, saying, Wherefore have ye not eaten the sin offering in the holy place, seeing it is most holy? And God hath given it you to bear the iniquity of the congregation, to make an atonement for them before the Lord. Behold, the blood of it was not brought in within the holy place. Ye should indeed have eaten it in the holy place, as I commanded. And Aaron said unto Moses, Behold, this day have they offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things have befallen me. And if I had eaten the sin offering today, should it have been accepted in the sight of the Lord? And when Moses heard that, he was content. Verse 1 begins with a Hebrew conjunction, and. This event appears to have taken place on the same day, that being day 8, when they emerged from the tabernacle to complete the eight-day ritual, the portion of the ritual which was done in the sight of all the people of Israel. The Hebrew text flows from chapter 9 right on into chapter 10. For some reason that's rather vague to us, something involving fire, Aaron loses his two oldest sons here in this inaugural tabernacle ceremony. Well, that's not entirely accurate. Verse 2 says, And there went out fire from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. That doesn't really sound like an accident, does it? So what was the deal with the fire? Well, let me venture a conjecture here. Recall with me Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13 that says, The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar, it shall never go out. In addition, we saw in Leviticus 9, verse 24, that God himself sent fire to consume the burnt offering. So could it be that this fire at the brazen altar was a continuation of the fire that God started back in chapter 9, verse 24, and that no other fire for tabernacle purposes would do? When Aaron's boys, Nadab and Abihu, failed to take their tabernacle responsibilities as serious as they should have by using strange, the word in the King James Version, strange fire. Verse 2 says, And they went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Well, that settles that issue. In the future, we'll use only consecrated fire, not strange fire. 
One thing is clear, the boys did not follow the specifications in the ritual. In public worship, only what is prescribed is legitimate. What is not prescribed is sacrilege. We only find two occasions when God spoke directly to Aaron and not through Moses. It's here in verse 8 and again in Numbers chapter 18 verse 1. So why do you suppose an additional stipulation was given by the Lord unto Aaron in verse 9? That verse says, Do not drink wine nor drink thou nor thy sons with thee when ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. Well, could it be that whatever Aaron's sons had done was done while they were, well, let's say, drunk? We don't know, but it's interesting that the stipulation of verse 9 is given in this context. Verse 10 goes on with a general differentiation. It says, And that you may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean. That, again, could be a reference to the differentiation between God's supernatural fire and man-made fire, or fire that is categorized as strange. And then we find a stipulation. No mourning the death of your sons. That's what Aaron's told by Moses. Aaron and his two sons are to continue on with the sacrifices which they had begun that day. They're commanded to go ahead and eat the offerings on behalf of the people according to the procedures established in Leviticus chapters 1 through 7. But they didn't do it. They wouldn't eat up as prescribed. When Moses angrily insists on an explanation, Aaron replies in verse 19 by saying that having lost his two sons kind of took away their appetites. Moses understands that. Now here's an interesting aside to the events of chapter 10. Notice the specific instructions given to Aaron, Eleazar, and Ithamar after the untimely deaths of their immediate family members in verse 6. It says, And Moses said unto Aaron, and unto Eleazar, and unto Ithamar his sons, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest ye die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. There's another similar statement concerning the high priest in Leviticus chapter 21, verse 10. That verse says, And he that is the high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor rend his clothes. While the penalty for doing so is not really specified in verse 10 of Leviticus chapter 21, it's not unreasonable to assume that the consequence remains that stated in Leviticus 10.6, lest ye die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. Now let's roll the clock forward nearly 1,500 years to the appearance of Jesus before Caiaphas in Mark chapter 14. I'm going to read to you four verses from that passage, Mark 14, verses 61 to 64. But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him, and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, and said, What need we any further witnesses? Ye have heard the blasphemy, what think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death." Now, based upon these warnings in Leviticus, I first heard it suggested back in 1970 by Dr. Gordon Carpenter 
that Caiaphas formally refused the immediate establishment of the Davidic kingdom and effectively ended the Aaronic priesthood with this simple act of defiance in Mark chapter 14, verse 63. Again, let me read that. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any further witnesses? Well, what we know then is that we're told that the high priest was never to rent his garments. It certainly seems plausible that Mark 14.63 recounts more than just a simple act of frustration by Caiaphas. It may have very well been the big deal breaker for the Aaronic priesthood that day. Now, of course, we know that Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. We're told that in Hebrews chapter 5. That the real priesthood, the heavenly priesthood, is that of Melchizedek, and the Aaronic priesthood was that resemblance of the real priesthood on the earth. So when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he became our high priest. And the high priest that day, the one after the Aaronic priesthood, rending or renting his garment, certainly could have very well signaled the end of the Aaronic priesthood. Now, I'll admit that that's just a theory, but I really like that theory. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker. 